Hello and welcome. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, with David Cooper. I'm your host, David Cooper. It is This Is Going Well, I Think, the show where nobody's listening, the show where no one cares, the show where everyone's the last one. Today we have a pretty big deal in the naturist, not nudist, naturist community. He runs a naturist park in Ontario called Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. He's the president of the International Naturist Federation. He's a great guy, an interesting talker, and I'm looking forward to having him rather naked on this show. Oh, and his name's Stefan Deshan. I should have led with that, shouldn't I have? <laughs> I don't know if you ever tried doing multi mics with USB. It's it kills your computer because they don't computers don't work can't do more than one thing at the same time, right? So to do multi mics, you need really XLR and analog. But for a single mic, it's perfect. I was talking to another guest, and she mentioned she was doing this insane dating podcast where she was going to do thirty dates in thirty days. Oh yeah. And it, and she's like, I don't know, a very eccentric individual. And then she says, what kind of audio equipment? should I get this is on my show and I went down the rabbit hole for 20 minutes like a terrible interviewer because I didn't ask a single question about this kind of like salacious podcast first of all thank you for coming here I loved working with you when I did that show for Bell and I'm so glad you're agreeing to do whatever the fuck this is oh so this is a different show yeah this is so Bell uh they ended the show my therapist has encouraged me to say I didn't get canned (laughs) Uh, but yeah, there's nothing in that time slot now. They cut everybody. They they it was it was a mutilation of their asset. I don't know. They're just not interested, obviously, in true news and content. They just uh, I don't know why they did that. I'm going to talk about a company that isn't Bell. It's an imaginary company called Leb. Basically, <laughs> if you don't give your radio assets love. They're not going to perform well. And then when they don't perform well, you're like, why would I give this any love? And you get in this horrible feedback cycle every year. It's like this thing that we own in our media conglomerate isn't making any money. Why don't we give it even less money? Because it's worthless. And then it and then it generates you because the morale's terrible. Again, this is not Bell. This is a company called Lev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I think that's what happens. And, and Lev is not the only guilty one. Um no, no. It's everybody who bought these uh, these these media uh, assets um, don't understand them, and there's plenty of business uh, available, but you just have to understand it. And they're treating it like they're treating their cellular service or their telephone cable service, their DSL service. It's not the same thing. But even the one media company that only owns media stuff, um, it's definitely not Chorus. It's definitely not Chorus. Let's call it a Soloist. Yeah, this company called Soloist. They don't have to, like, they compete with Leb and the other company that isn't Rogers. So they're shitty too, apparently, even though they're just in the media business. Like, they don't have a cell phone arm, basically. I know. Um, anyway, I've already started taping. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but yeah, I want to, you didn't record this. Oh no, no, it's in. I always start (laughs) the taping when the guest comes, uh, cause I feel like the best nuggets are at the beginning, but as a result of doing that, my commitment to you is if you don't want to be, uh, put out as trashing bell, I'll cut the whole beginning. Oh, I will publicly trash bell. I have no problem. I'm not, uh, First of all, trashing Bell would probably get me points with the actual media assets because everybody there would love to hear me trashing Bell, their their owner and employer. So it's not like I'm afraid of a backlash. So, yeah. And we're not even saying anything too bad. I, I just, yeah. No. So that show ended. I fell into a bit of a funk, right? Like I had this career in the technology sector. I started doing a little stand-up comedy I randomly fell into radio, realized I loved it, saved enough money to quit, didn't know what the fuck I was doing with my life, somehow got in front of the station manager at News Talk 1010, somehow they put me on air, somehow they ended up giving me the show, 
And I was like, wow, I'm the thing that I quit my job to do. The money wasn't great, but I was doing it. And then the show ended. I fell into a bit of a funk, but now I'm doing this. So we're, you know. No, no, it's cool. No, I just, it just said David Cooper. I said, I know David. So I said, okay. And I just assumed it was the same thing. That's why I wanted you on. You're a great talker. I always had fun with you on that other show. Yeah, no, I'm happy to talk to to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Um, So yeah, no, that's cool. You know what you should do is you should do a podcast and then uh, syndicate it and get stations to buy it from you trying to do that working with an agency they want me to kind of figure out what it is and grow the listenership yeah. a bit before that happens but yeah some of the expel employees started a little agency and i'm sort of one of their i don't know clients or whatever so you, you do you're the naked host you do all these radio shows naked doesn't matter because nobody can see it and then you invite other people to be naked with you i mean i would be down for that have you heard of this place in san francisco that i used to go to called the archimedes banya no. It is a co-ed, very bohemian Russian steam bath. And oh, cool. I would always go with my girlfriend and my friends. Uh, and then I go to Burning Man every year. So nice, that, that's yeah. like the extent of my public nudity. But I'm, I grew up in a naked house. I find there's pe- – I didn't realize this is a thing. There's naked houses where the siblings, the parents – maybe they're naked all the time, but they do walk around naked. It's no big deal. Right. And then there's non-naked houses where like yeah. – the idea that you would see anyone in your family naked is is absurd to you. And so I grew up in the former, so nudity doesn't really bother me. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 no, it, it sells. It gets attention. Uh, you do it right. Yeah, I guess. I just, I'm a, I'm a grower, not a shower, Stefan. And it's, so it's like. Yes, but it's, it's radio. Nobody's going to know it no matter what. Yeah, but I've admitted to it. Last week we had doctors on. Apparently this is a new thing. Maybe you've heard of this. Uh I had two doctors on, one plastic surgeon, one urologist, who do these new penis injections, which are like Botox for your dick. Mm. I mean, it's not Botox, but it's a scent. And apparently it's very safe. At least that's according to the doctors who do it. Uh, have you heard of this? No. This is the antithesis of what you're trying to do, like body acceptance. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but one of them was just a total wackadoodle Trump supporter like uh, Biden didn't really get elected. So I didn't even end up talking about the penis injections. I just went down the rabbit hole with them. I just, uh, do you know the show Ideas from CBC? Uh, I do, yeah. I've just listened to a three-part series that was done on uh, masculinity. And it was fascinating because it was, you know, Trump supporters and the right and extreme traditional masculinity all slumped together. And what they were doing is discussing and analyzing and people like, uh, what's the guy in, what is it, Romania that got arrested because he liked Ryan a sex ring? And- I love that I forget his name, but it was in the yeah. media that that really douchey like men's yeah, uh, you know, you know like, who I'm pick, up, about. pick up artist type, you know. Uh, yeah, I do know his name. I'm going to get it for you. Their point is that all these these guys, there's lots of men that are hurt because they've lost that identity that they thought they were. Mm-hmm. And people like him are making, apparently he's worth like $300 million and they're sucking money out of these people by telling them that it's okay to be an asshole because that's what it's like to be a man. And it it makes them feel good yeah. and feel better about themselves. And validates them. And validates them. And so they pay him all this money and they the, the guys are saying, you know, they're being abused. They are being, uh, it's, it's the ultimate grifter of, of selling snake oil. Uh, by telling this stuff. And I thought it was a fascinating, it wasn't just that, but there was a whole, it was three parts, uh, one hour each, so it's three hours of uh, radio. But uh, if you have a chance, it's, it made me question, like, why don't I feel that? Uh, did you know that men are three times more likely than women to commit suicide right now? It's very, it's sad. I mean, there is a it problem, is. but the solution is. is not what that guy, Andrew Tate, I just looked it up, is offering. Andrew Tate, there you go. Yeah, that's And, the and guy, it's yes. not what the, the Trump-a-doodle, whack-a-doodle, uh, you know, the left is trying to assault yeah. our traditional way of life and our traditional way is we're assholes. Like, that's not the answer, but there mm. is a problem there. There is, oh, there's absolutely a problem. But, and, and the problem is that, in my opinion, because I don't have that, and I was thinking about why don't I have this feeling? And it's because it's never been part of my identity. Like if you say, Stefan, who are you? A man is not the first thing I'm going to say. I, I may never say it. Like I'll say, you know, I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a naturist. I'm a marketing person. I'm a, I'm a lot of things. I'm a geek. Uh, 
man is not doesn't even come to mind. Like I don't I know it's who I am. I'm not saying I don't know that I'm a man, but it's not my identity. You know what I mean? I agree what you're saying and I love what you're saying, but there are certain things baked in there that imply that you are a man. You're like, I'm a father. I'm a husband. So it is implicit in some of those labels. It is. Well, that's because of the nouns that we use. Yes. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Uh, But but what that means, though, it's not an identity. It's what I am, but not an identity. Do you know what I difference? Like, I, I think most of the male female thing is a social construct. Absolutely. Yeah. Imagine a world where gender is like you've got curly hair. Like it's it's just you, you don't identify yourself as the curly hair guy, right? No. You identify yourself as many things, but probably not the curly hair guy. Glasses wearing, I do, but that's not an inherent thing. I, I suppose bad right. vision is, but like that's an accessory. But go on, go on. Right, but it's who you are. You don't you, you don't start. Let's say, David, who are you? I say, well, I'm a guy who wears glasses and got curly hair. It's just it's your identity, but it's not uh, because that's who. But it's not it's not how you identify i don't know what i in fact uh, maybe i don't i gotta find the better words for it but you if gender was the same way yes you are a man i'm a man and there are women but imagine there was no men or women's washrooms anywhere you didn't put it on your driver's license or your passport in the store there was no men or women's clothing there was just clothing sections and you you know people pick from whatever like gender just becomes a thing would you even have people wanting to change their gender because would it matter anymore? No. I mean, maybe they would want to have different, you know, genitalia, uh, which is fine. Whatever. They're adults. They can do whatever they want with their body. I mean, people get breast implants. People get tattoos. Yeah. Um, But no, absolutely not. Um, But it's interesting. You're talking about like this, this masculine identity that's so strong in the right that this guy, Andrew Tate is pushing and he's a grifter. Um, How do people get that way like it's Im- embedded in a certain part of the culture and you have to make a choice for yourself to change it now maybe you weren't raised that way i wasn't necessarily raised that way but there are parts in the u.s where your parents are that way your friends and community yes. are that way and it validates it so that's kind of like the identity thing but then there's the problem of, of like why people are depressed why the suicide rates high why men are more i think it's unfettered capitalism i really do well, it, it's that it's but it's also it's it's this uh, as they said in this thing, um, you are you have been the people have been abused, essentially. They've been raised with this that told that man up that they're supposed to be in charge and they're supposed to control things. And if they can't, they get depressed because they have no they feel they have no control and they're supposed to. But that's the flaw is in the first place being told that you're supposed to be in control and in charge all the time because you're a man and you need to man up, you know? Yeah, I agree. Grow up hair, you know, whatever. But if I want to get really like, first of all, I'm not a, I'm not a communist. I'm like into social democracy. I love capitalism, but I think it should be controlled at the very Absolutely. top. The very yep. rich should only have one private jet and the very poor shouldn't bleed on the street. They should be given housing and food and necessities. So, yes. but that that's a little bit more there in Canada. Like the very top and the yeah. very bottoms a little closer together. In the US, it's so far gone. And these people well, and, and the boogeyman is is the left. The boogeyman is the people who want to change their identity. And 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 I think that is a part of it. I really do. Well, unfeathered capitalism leads to uh no uh, no capitalism because it leads to monopolies. Mm-hmm. It leads to one company buying another, buying another until there's no competition and you have an oligopoly or something like that. And so it, it's it, that's that's where you lose. I, I also believe in capitalism. People say capitalism is the root of all evil. Money is the problem. I said, no, it's capitalism is human nature. It's just the way it is. When you try to control the economy totally, you get black market. It, mm-hmm. Look, historically, capitalism is always going to be there. So work with it instead of fighting it is human nature. And money, this is a, this is the one that kills me always. I meet these people who say, no, no, I'm into bartering. I'm into bartering because money is the root of all evil. I say, okay, so I've got a cow and you're going to sell me a basket. I don't need 150 baskets. How do you work this out? I said, oh, well, we have a credit system. I said, yeah, it's money. <laughs> But wait, it's cryptocurrency. Yeah. But yeah. it's funny. So I, I agree that capitalism is great. But I, I think like, for example, the U.S. government, 
like up until the 60s, 70s, they acted like the hero of the working class. They would break up monopolies. They would investigate monopolies. They would prosecute people under the Antitrust Act who were acting against labor's right. best interest. They don't do any of that shit now. No. Anything. Google and Facebook are totally should be broken up. The way we broke up Dude. Bell. In the U.S.? <laughs> Leb, Leb. Leb. You know, in the U.S., Bill. Uh, uh, oh, fair enough. Yeah, sorry, you're right. Um, I was in Silicon Valley when that court case was going through when, like, some of the major players, I think, like, Google, um, DreamWorks, or not DreamWorks of all places, but uh, what's what's the other? Lucas LucasArts, uh, yeah. their, their technology arm. It was Google, it was Facebook, it was, sorry, it was Google, Apple, LucasArts, and a few other major players. And they had, they were so stupid that they had written documentation of executives saying, hey, don't poach our employees. And these massive companies, you know, you couldn't hire an Apple employee if you worked at Google. That was like an unspoken rule. And they, they were so like in their own asses about what they had the right to do as a large corporation. They didn't even think to just have the conversation. They had it in written emails from the very top. The government came in. And basically, like, slap them on the wrist, like, find them a couple million dollars. The amount of money, I mean, it's hard to feel bad for them because these employees are making hundreds of thousands of dollars sure. a year. Yes. Um, yeah. They're not like, you know, steel workers. But the the crime against the labor market is the same. You know, they, mm -hmm. they conspired to basically set wages by causing the these these employees the inability to hop from job to job. I was there when it happened, and I was shocked that the amount of punishment these companies got. They got a slap on the wrist. In yeah. my opinion, people should go to jail for that shit. Just like I should go to jail for stealing money out of the cash register if I'm working in a shop. Oh, yeah. But if you're part of the ruling class, you don't go to jail. I, very, I, very. I mean, you, the only way you go to jail is if you screw the rest of the working class and then they get you. Uh, what was the, What was the guy who was running a Ponzi? School? Oh, you mean you mean they screw the rest of the rich class? Bernie Madoff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 When the somebody within the within the club screws the other guys in the clubs, then they, they, they there is no mercy. They destroy you. Steal from the poor, get caught, slap on the wrist. Steal from the poor, don't get caught. You're a great capitalist. Steal from the rich, they're throwing you in for life. Yes, they are. <laughs> Maybe that's why Trump's never going to go to jail. The people that he's exploiting are the most vulnerable. Like his voters are not, generally speaking, like the the kind of ruling class. I know. How does this happen? Why why are the working people not the l part of the Labour Party or something instead of why are they part of the most the Republican Party? I don't understand this. It's the Republicans are tr traditionally it was the party of Wall Street and the rich. I'm not sure it still is anymore, but I don't know where they'd go. It's the greatest trick, the greatest grift of all time. Like, it's insane to me that the people who could benefit from universal or single-payer single health care in the U.S. are the like the people who are bleeding, the people who don't have enough money, the kind of people who yep. are going to be bankrupt when they have their first medical emergency. Those are the people who think that health care is the root of all evil because it's government control. Oh, but David, you have choice now. You have choice. I mean, I benefit from the U.S. system because I'm on my, I mean, I had great health care with my tech company. My girlfriend still works in that industry. I'm on her plan. Like, I, I, it's very easy for me to say Canada has a better system when I benefit from the U.S. one. But you're, I don't know, living in San Francisco and seeing people bleed on the street, literally bleed on the street and mm. nothing being done for them. I, I just, yeah, I'd rather have worse health care, wait a little bit longer and not have to walk to work and see people bleeding. You know, it's... I'm, I'm with you. And it, to me, it's just logical. Um, and the logic, this is the other part that's funny. The This whole criticism that everybody who has higher education is liberal and you go, yeah, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there was that when you spend a lot of time learning and thinking, you become more liberal or more social minded. Maybe there's a reason. <laughs> It's it's not indoctrination. I agree with all that, but the highly educated Republicans are the most dangerous ones. <laughs> true. There true. are there are a few of them. Like a lot of the Congress people are like lawyers from Harvard and stuff, and it's like that's they they they're very smart and they know how to run the grift. Yeah, well, that's Andrew Tate. Uh, yeah, well, not the very smart part, but yeah. Um, well, he got caught, so he's obviously not very smart. He just pushed it way too far. Well. He didn't get caught grifting. He got caught human trafficking. Oh, is that part of the grift? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the details. I mean, you're in Romania. Who knows exactly what you have to do? Maybe you just pissed off the wrong person. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't really know about the government of Romania. 
Um, yeah. This is why I love this format, by the way. This is the kind of interview I've always wanted to do with you and never had the chance to do when I had to cut like 10 minute, you know, it has to go somewhere. I got to ask the questions. The publicist wants you to plug something and that's why you're on the show. You know, I, I mean, it's it's great to do and it's great. Like I, like, I miss it. I'm not shitting on it, but this medium is better for other reasons, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, it's one of the things I love about podcasts too is my podcasts are, Whatever. What's the length of your podcast? Whatever. Yeah. It's between three minutes and an hour and a half for me. You know, yeah. if this is a good, a good conversation, we're, we're putting it all in. And I have like just for out of habit, like I have all the questions there and I, I never get to any of them. And I'm starting to think I should just show up this with show up to this show with a blank piece of paper. But um, I do want to talk about naturism, but maybe like, I don't know, the dark side. Is there a dark side of it, Stefan? A dark side. Well, the dark side of naturism is not naturism. And that's that's our, always been our problem. The dark side are those who exploit uh, naturism and they use it as a cloak of legitimacy to do hypersexualization, exploitation, and that kind of stuff. Or worse, worse. Like one of my biggest problem is, you know, pornography. What's pornography? Pornography requires the uh, the intent of the creator and the perception of the consumer, one of those two. So if I take, give you a, show you a picture of my foot right now, um, depending on what your uh, fetish is, that's can be porn. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a podiatrist, it will just be, you know, an interesting medical discussion. Well, if you're a lucky podi- podiatrist, it's both. <laughs> yes. They, you're they you're in both. the right field, you know. You're... That, isn't that when you turn your hobby into your work or something, like one of those things? Where... I was talking about this recently about sublimation. Like if you if you have urges to be a serial killer, but you're like a well-adjusted adult, maybe you work in a morgue and you never hurt anyone. Right, right. And you, you channel that energy in a positive way. If you're a pervert who wants to see people's feet, maybe you come, become a podiatrist, but you never treat your patients with anything but dignity and respect. You get your, you know... You get uh, sorry. Not all foot fetishes are pervert. If you want to see strangers' feet, is I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right. Pervert is judgmental, yeah, and it is. I, uh, yeah. And, but you know, back to what you were saying, like the the it's the people yeah. who um who who so, act exploitatively. The biggest issue right now is children, right? Children and you know, there's pedophiles everywhere, and oh my god, and um, it, it, so it's it's complicated. But a video of nature's children having fun on a beach is is beautiful <laughs> like it, it's they're cute they're adorable and when i was young that's the way it was and today the first thing everybody thinks is child porn oh my god child porn yeah and unfortunately there are people who if they get their hands on that will sell it as child porn um but does that make the video child porn does that make it wrong does that mean we should stop and my point always if we stop having just normalized happy natural people in their natural state um, the only thing that will be left is porn. And I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to give up the field to the people in that case, who I, I will be judgmental are perverts uh, or worse, really. Um, so, you know, that that's that's the dark side. The dark side is it's not naturism, but it's 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 an interesting conundrum because very rarely do people who are opposed to what you do actually pretend to be you. And so. So we were talking about misogynists earlier and all that stuff, right? So if you're a misogynist, you're not going to create a magazine called Feminism Today. No. You're not going to have a website going, you know, with feminism pictures or whatever. However, people who want to sell the human body and objectify it do pretend to be nudists and naturists. And there's websites out there, which I'm not going to name because I don't want to give them any credence, who are selling uh, naturism, but pretend to be. It gives them an aura of credibility and also shields them from prosecution because if they said, well, we're selling this these nude children pictures to pedophiles, that makes them child pornographer. But if I put them on my website, I'm not. It's, it's one of those things where context is everything and intent. And people say, well, how can you tell intent? But intent in law is often part of how we decide to, you know, the, the difference between whether you kill somebody or and you go to jail or not is context and intent. Yeah. Right? Well, what do you how do you feel about 
the distribution of videos depicting anyone uh, uh, under the age of 18 or whatever would be illegal, but the, the, the having of them, the, the private use amongst you, your friends, your organization, like, it, don't you think that just selling it or, or giving it away to anyone could lead to that negative intent? intent? That would probably be fine, there, but there might be a situation, okay, so let's say I'm doing a movie about naturists, right? Yeah. And so therefore there's nudity and I'm selling that video. It, it's, 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 it's a complex world. And uh, generally speaking, I think anybody who sells nature's videos for a hundred dollars for a 50 minute video. And I'm, there's a specific example I'm referencing, but I'm not telling you where um, I, those people are, should be stopped. The problem is in our society, how do you, where do you draw the line? How do you decide? How do you define it? And how do you define to not limit us? I mean, we have a, a principle, right, in Western democracies that you don't make laws restricting things. Uh, you, you try to minimize it. You try, don't try to be overbroad and overreach. And a lot of laws, uh, particularly in the U.S. right now, in regards to child pornography, frankly, are overbroad. Uh, chill, you know, taking pictures of your own children in the bathtub can get you in trouble. And that should not be. Um, yeah, I, I want to tell you a story in a bit because it's really funny, but um, this conversation's serious. So we'll get there in a second. Sure. Um, as a, So you uh, run Bear Oaks, which is in Ontario. It's a naturist uh, location. Am I correct with this? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Do, you, do you allow photography? Do you allow videotaking we there? We do. We do. We uh, uh, a lot of clubs uh, prevent uh, photography. Have rules against any photography. And I, when I, my family was young, my children are twenty three and twenty six now. But when we were young, we would and before I owned the park and I could take vacations in the summer. Uh, we used to vacation often in naturist resorts, and these places would not let us take pictures. So we had no vacation pictures unless we were sneaky about it. Yeah, of our family. You know, like everybody else has vacation pictures. Every, people who are not naturists take pictures of their children playing on the beach in bathing suits, and nobody has any issues with that. Um, so when we, with Bear Oaks, and I was thinking through the policy, I said, you know, the only people that it truly prevents from taking pictures is people who have no ill intention. The, the people who want to take pictures will find a way. They'll get some sneaky camera in a bag, something like that, and hopefully we'll catch them. But it's not the, the, the rule uh, that prevent photography from anybody is not going to stop people who have bad intents from trying. So we say, as long as everybody consent to be in the pictures, go for it. That was going to be my next question. Is there any rules? And obviously consent seems like such an obvious baseline yeah. for that one. Don't want to be in the picture. You don't have to be. This is such an off, but I guess this is the, the beauty of a podcast. When I was a little kid, I was at summer camp and I don't know, I, we had a Polaroid camera. I was like 13 and I'm, you know, being an obnoxious kid, I take a photo of myself naked, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, like, gross out my counselor, so I don't know. Somehow he gets his hands on it, and he's like, ew, that's disgusting. My counselor, unbeknownst to me, was dating my sister, so I guess he's, uh, <laughs> you know, not the best guy to be dating. When they're driving in her car on a day off from the summer camp, he's like, take a look at this, and he shows my sister the Polaroid. Whatever, I this is all fine and dandy to me. I don't give a fuck at this point. Um, my sister, of course, like any rational human being, maybe not, actually, maybe not, maybe, so, you know, your kids wouldn't care about this, but she says, ew, that's gross. And she throws it away and it lands somewhere in the back of her Toyota 4Runner. Okay. Okay. <laughs> A year later, she goes to cross the U.S. border for some concert and the border guard thinks, I don't know, you're bringing pot into the U.S. You must be a weed smoker for the, so he starts like taking apart her car to look, uh -huh. to look for drugs. Obviously, there were no drugs. Yeah. He, he finds the photo, like takes her into the interrogation room. Wow. And she's like so flustered. They believe her story. She told them the truth. They let her go. But it's just, it's crazy how like that whole thing should not have like been. And I, and I imagine like, what if she had sold the car to some dude who didn't know what that was and he didn't check the back seat. Like, it's crazy how something like that could lead to like serious jail time, sex offender registries. Yeah. I don't know if those yeah. exist in Canada, but they do in the US. And um, it's just crazy to that whole story to me is so crazy. It, it is. Um, and, you know, you, we actually have people here, uh, men. Uh, I don't think I've had a woman ever say that to me, but young men, particularly, it's younger generation who have said to me they're uncomfortable because there's naked children running around. 
So they're not uncomfortable because they're getting turned on. They're uncomfortable because it's been so burnt into their brain that this is like something you can't touch. You have to stay away from like this can ruin your life. There's nothing worse than being accused of being a pedophile. There is nothing worse. You, you can be Ted Bundy. It's not as bad as being a pedophile, like yeah. the, the, you know, eating people. No problem. We don't like it. But being a pedophile that well, is the absolute worst. I agree that pedophiles are some of the worst people out there, but it, the the what I don't agree with is like it's totally natural to be in nature like naked with your family. Like again, I was saying yeah, yeah. I grew up in a naked house, you know, it it didn't matter and the idea that there was anything, you know, any foul play going on with us just hanging around naked obviously there, my brothers beat the crap out of me i suppose that was foul play but uh never naked but I, i'm not saying that uh pedophiles shouldn't be viewed as bad people are they the worst i'm not sure that's true yeah i'm not sure that's true i suppose eat, eating people's pretty bad we feel you know t torturing people uh cruelly uh you know giving them pain uh, people who have been women who have been uh, held for months in a little locked room in a basement. Um, these are not nice people. I, but I, let's stop playing who's the worst and who's not. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the I'm, issue, I'm it, getting the I'm and I know I shouldn't be, but I'm getting the reaction that you're talking about right now. I'm like, should we be talking about this? You know, even though we're not saying anything bad. That's the problem. The problem to me is not that they're not that they are not bad people. There's just not that many of them. It's not a common thing. It it's not a huge problem. It it's a problem. But the we see them everywhere, and a lot of people are getting caught in this web. It's like being a communist in the nineteen what was it fifties sixties when the the McCarthy era the Red Scare yeah yeah it, it it's it's kind of like that now. It, it there is no oh no no there's no gray area. There's no subtlety. You have a picture of a naked David in the back of your car. You're a pedophile. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's my brother. Doesn't matter. He's naked. So I guess, I guess the problem we're talking about is, is the like extreme fear around anything that could yeah. be construed that, and that fear is encroaching on normal things that families should do. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is bad actors who come around with like, with negative, ill intent to like profit off these with these people exactly bear oaks is no longer on twitter or x as it's called now i think yeah um after 14 years in january our account abruptly disappeared they suspended it boom suspended canceled gone erased we don't exist it tells you that the account doesn't exist there's so much pornography on twitter i have friends who do porn right. and if you look at their twitter streams they are explicit obscene you know not this is not family friendly stuff on twitter oh absolutely and uh, so the link what i we had posted was a link to a blog post which generated a preview from the blog post with an image the image was a family on the beach at bear oaks mom dad and five kids on the beach you did not see a, anybody's genitals you barely saw any reruns because they're sitting on the sand. You did not see any female nipples at all either. But that was enough. But that was enough. That was, and not that anybody actually told us why, but there was, we had been, we, we had no strike against us. We had never had a post removed before. Um, it just disappeared. Well, gone. It, I, my knee-jerk reaction is to say it would have had to have been reported, but maybe not. Maybe there's like a machine learning yeah. algorithm searching for this kind of stuff. And we appealed. We did the appeal thing repeatedly. Never got even an answer. It's ridiculous. Do you have people out there who like the, so I mentioned it might've been someone who reported it, who was offended oh, by yeah, it. Yeah. Do you have people out there who were, sure. you know, the, I'm thinking of the Simpsons, you know, that Christian mother who's always saying, think of the children, um, yeah. you know, the yeah, people yeah. out there who are, are out to get you because they feel what you're doing is wrong. They're, they're looking, there's people who are looking for that. There's these vigilantes. Yeah. That would social uh, justice warriors, I guess, or something. Uh, I mean, although that's a good thing to a certain extent, but some people just take it too far and they just, you're, you're guilty, you know, without a question. What, one of the ones I see is, and I'm pretty sure it's what it is. Every now and then I get uh, somebody who contacts Bear Oaks and say, hi, I'm 15 and I'm interested in coming to Bear Oaks, right? And I don't know what they expect. 
but I have a pat answer because it happens enough uh, that we you know I say you know anybody's welcome to come to Bear Oaks. You know we don't uh, have an age limit, but we would never suggest you do something without talking to your parents first. Uh, and that's kind of this, that's, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of the answer that I would give everybody because we don't, we have, we have people who come here, uh, you know, kids who come here on their own sometimes who are members or the kids are members or whatever. So no, we don't have a really have to be 18 to come because you don't have to be 18 to go and have a coffee at Starbucks either. And I, I'll argue that the caffeine is potentially more harmful than going around without any clothes on. I mean, the only thing harmful about going around without any clothes on is, you know, insects, ticks, bugs, sitting on a, on yeah. a, on a thorny bush, you know, it could be dangerous. That's true, but the bathing suits won't help very much for that. Well, <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> with you there. So yeah, I think there's a lot of those that we're getting, I think are people, they're prodding to see, they're going to say, oh, send us a picture and then we'll let you know or something. I don't know. I don't know what they expect. I don't know what they're looking oh, for. Oh, they're but- fishing to kind of trap you into exposing you for, wow. I think that's what it is. And and to be fair, I'm sure there are pedophiles out there who pretend to be naturists and nudists, and that's their defense for why they have you know thousands of pictures of children that they don't know. Um, have you ever had to kick out people who are just making other guests uncomfortable or? Yes, but it's not children. Uh, we've had a few instances that parents get worried. Again, there's that fear, right? Yeah. Um, we, so I suppose people aren't immune to it, even if they are naturists, the fear. No, they're no, 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 of course not. And they're afraid and everything else. I mean, it's a safe environment because, uh, the kids are with their parents. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, you know, teachers or sports coaches or whatever. Those are the ones who often get caught having done things because they are left in charge of children alone in some cases, right? How can you forget the priests? Oh, the priests. Yes, of course. Of course. The priests. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to exclude them. I, uh, so offensive, you know, to the priests. Yes. No, exactly. So, yeah. So, okay. Uh, most of the time, the problem we have is men who are trying to hit on women because they think it's the wrong reason. It's not that common. Uh, you know, thousands of people every summer, six, eight, maybe get ejected because of that, uh, that kind of thing. I feel like on a given night at a nightclub where, you know, there's drunk, right. vulnerable people and then creepers hitting on them, the numbers are exponentially more. But we've had, absolutely. And, uh, but we've had a few situations with parents and it's interesting. So I think of one particular example, um, we'll call him Bob. Uh, so Bob was clearly a little bit, uh, had some issues in terms of socially awkward, perhaps not as, uh, you know, perhaps on a spectrum somewhere, didn't communicate particularly clearly. He enjoyed playing with the kids. He just enjoyed being with the child, but he was a single man by himself. And he was a little odd because of that. And some parents thought he was great and others were really concerned. Yeah. So I said to Bob, I said, Bob, you, you really just, you can't play with the kids. It makes some parents uncomfortable and you have to stop doing that. And he kind of said, okay, okay, fine. So then he was, um, he would still sit around and watch the kids at the pool. Oh boy. I don't think there's anything wrong with like Bob. I'm just saying, oh boy, the optics of it are seem off. It's a very difficult situation. And so I went to say, I said, Bob, I, maybe I, I, I wasn't clear. Like you cannot look at the children. If the children show up, you have to move somewhere else. If you want to stay here, you have to not be anywhere near them so that parents aren't, are comfortable. And some parents still blame me for not kicking him out on the spot. But then there was a whole other groups who were saying, look, look, the guy is, you know, he's, he's clearly not quite, uh, of the same maturity as the rest of us. He's more like a child. Like this is not fair. So there were two very clear camps, which was, which makes it very difficult. So he said, yes, 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 yes. But then another month or so went by and he was, uh, he started chatting with a kid that walked by his chair and it happened to be a parent who just thought he was like Satan's second coming or something. And uh, so I had no choice and I'd say, I'm sorry, you can't come anymore. Yeah. And I felt really bad. Because I really don't think there was anything wrong, any danger from him. And he certainly wasn't going to be able to do anything because there was always people watching and the kids were always with their parents anyway. Um, So that's more the situation that we get is people who are socially awkward and, and parents who are, well, a little paranoid, let's say. I think you probably did the right thing catering to the paranoid parents. If I was in your shoes, do you wear shoes when you're at the, uh, the, the preserve? 
Yeah, because I I don't I don't walk around barefoot enough. My son never wears shoes, and he can walk on gravel without any shoes, but I can't do that. I suppose I was correct to say if I was in your shoes, I might have done the same thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no. Sometimes you have to make a decision based on it's a business, right? It's not a democracy. It's not part of society. Um, so you have to weigh: uh, Do I lose one or do I lose twelve? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I suppose, and, and it all falls on you running the place, like you're the judge, the jury, the executioner? Yeah, yep, as I say, it's a benevolent dictatorship, so. Uh, uh, there's a, what is it, BDFL, bene- Benevolent Dictator for Life, have you heard of this acronym? No, I haven't, no. I hope not for life, that sounds like a sentence. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you're, are you still involved with the World Naturist Foundation? I, the, the International Naturist Federation. That's, yes. the, that's I, what um, I said. Def, I was yes, correct. Yes, yes, I, yes, I exactly. was well-researched. I, I, it's what I said. You were describing it, not using the official name. So that's... Uh, yeah. You were the president, were you not? Are you still? I am still the president. Yes, I am indeed. And uh, yeah, I'd spent a lot of time traveling to Europe as a result. And uh, which is, you know, there's, there's much worse things in the world, but it can get tiring to spend a lot of time going back and forth. What do you do? Like, what are these summits, symposiums, meetings? What, like, what gets done at the International Naturist Federation, the INF? Well, I describe the INF just like uh, the United Nations. The IMF? Is it like the IMF, the International Monetary Fund? Well, no, because that's got, they actually have a lot of power. Oh. It's more like the United Nations where they have no power. Uh, the, you know, at the United Nations, all the countries get together and they talk and they share and hopefully they cooperate. Not always true. Um, but ultimately, they, you know, they hold votes, but the votes are meaningless. There's no way to enforce them. And the the INF is the same. The INF exists so that all the 30, I think it's 36 federations. I should know that number by heart, but I don't. So they, they are, we coordinate their efforts. We help them share. We, uh, so we, yes, we organize uh, meetings of all the federations. Uh, we coordinate projects and activities. Um, we're there to answer questions. Um, Media relations, maybe? Do you do a lot of that stuff? Not as much on the on that level. I want to do more, um, but in the past, I did a we did a press release once uh, a few years ago criticizing uh, social media uh, for the censorship of of naturism, and we coordinated with a number of federations who chose to participate. Not all, because that's their choice, and the ones. So we released all together at the same time, and nobody called the International Naturist Federation. Uh, they call their local ones, but it gave it a boost. The fact that it was an international effort by the INF meant that the people in the UK, the journalists in the UK, found it even more interesting to call British naturism to get their take on what it means for their country. Interesting. So it's a sort of a pilot of a first coordinated press release. The next time you know you need to do it, you sort of learn learn the ropes yeah. of that. Um, yeah, exactly. So how many, do you call them all preserves? Do you call them all plate? Like what's a spot where I can go naked and it's an organization that controls the, the area or, or well it's a uh, it's a we at Barrows I call it a park some people call them clubs or resorts um I don't like to I, I don't I've never wanted to use the term resorts because I figured that's over promising yeah um you know a resort uh, to me is it's got to be pretty big um so clubs are they're often called clubs uh, especially if the ones that are cooperative because there are many that uh uh, are uncooperative? No, they're cooperative inside. They have uh, they, they are they're a cooperative, a co-op. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, they're member owned, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and hopefully they do cooperate internally, but that's not always true. I've learned. So, how many of these places kind of report up to the international federation? Well, see, that's the thing is nobody reports up. Well, how many people are? How many have, places are sort of like within your purview? Well, we our members, our owners, our shareholders are the uh the federation so every there's 30 i think it's 36 countries have a federation that we recognize which means they have to be legally set up in each country uh as an entity and the the clubs uh, are members of those federations in most cases sometimes in some countries there's different models right and every country is different ways like there is in the un and where there's different types of governments uh so in some places Naturists are direct members of the federations. Okay. And in other places, you can only be a member through a club or a federation or, or a resort. So, and how many clubs or resorts are there? Thousands. And how many people? That's a good question. Um, 
I should know the answer to that, but I don't know. <laughs> what a terrible president you are. You're fired. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. You're going to be right. impeached. Is there an impeachment process? It's it's hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, let's put it that way. Wow. I, but the exact number, I don't know. Uh, and yes, there is an impeachment process. So please feel free to begin one. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to join first, which I would. I feel like I'm a naturist in spirit. I, I know I said I would come to Bear Oaks next time I was in Toronto, but I really haven't been there much since, I don't know, last two Aprils ago. But I'm, I'm going to come and we're going to I'll say hello. And, and I am friendly with this comedian who does a show at your place, Natalie Norman. She's on this show a bunch. Uh, do you know Natalie well or very, yeah, yeah. She's been here well, very well. I've, she's been here a number of times and where we, we have nice chats. We always have dinner when the comedians come here, they come here early. They enjoy the facilities. We have dinner together. So we always have nice chats and Natalie is wonderful and she really loves it here. I'm surprised she doesn't come on her own actually. Yeah. Uh, maybe meet her and I, I'm trying to think if my girlfriend will be mad. Nah, she probably won't. If me and Natalie next time I'm in Canada come together to Bear Oaks, we might. Yeah, Sure. Be, be fodder for this show at the very least. Uh, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I, I do want to thank you for coming here. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. This was a lot of fun. And, and when I was thinking of the people who I met doing that show for Bell, who I wanted to like go a little deeper with, go wh wherever the conversation goes, we follow it. I was thinking you were you were high on that list, so I'm so glad you did this. Oh, well, thank you. I'm happy to come on anytime you want to have a chat about anything to do with nudity, body image, or, you know, World economics, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we could talk about nudity and body image. I don't know. I guess I need to work out more. But that's a me problem. Yeah. What's the show called? It's called This Is Going Well, I Think. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. You like the name? I do. I do. Yeah. But I can see how people would have would say, what, so what's it about? That's a great question. Thank you for asking it. That's my response to that. <laughs> no, it's 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 sort of like a little bit. It's like my late night show, but a little looser, a little wackier, a little less. Well, I, I do I do get political, but not the politics of the day. I'm not going to cover a story that was in the media necessarily. Um, yeah, just a little bit more weird, a little bit more deep, a little bit more stream of consciousness and a little mm. bit more experimental at times. Like I, I take more creative risks and do bizarro, fucked up radio. A little more vulgar, you know, as I swear. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, Good. it's just, I don't know. I'm, it's something I'm working on until I hopefully land my next uh, radio gig. Good, that's, good, good. That's all I, or, or it becomes a radio gig on its own. Yeah. That's also the hope, except I'll have to stop swearing. Uh, but that's not, uh, yeah. not hard for me. I guess swearing is like nudity. We still have on the main airwaves, this idea that it's not there, even though it's everywhere. Never sweared on Canadian radio. I sweared on U.S. radio, but it was the profanity was dumped. We were on a digital delay, uh, and I, we hit the you know the you're on a six or eight second delay. Yeah. We we hit the button, so to the the listener it just sounds like a weird blip in the conversation. Um, so I've actually never sworn on commercial radio, and I've done thousands of hours of it. So I you know I think I'm pretty good. I love swearing, but I'm good not swearing. I don't know how you are. It's a, it is a, I try not to overuse it. Some people use it all the time. I, I want it to remain a, uh, something that makes a point when I want to make a point very strongly. You want to keep it special. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Otherwise it loses its purpose. It's yeah. just a word. But I, I think it'd be better if they were just words. I mean, they're just words, right? Well, they are just words and they are very culturally, uh, based, right. And uh, being, uh, native french speaker i can tell you that the swears between quebec and france are completely different yeah yeah i mean are, are you good with france french or you, you uh yeah 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 well one i spent a lot of time there now uh but secondly i grew up with my mother who's from belgium okay so uh that was a different french anyway can you flip into it when you're talking to a france french speaker i can they i i have a i can speak in a way that and a french person told me just the other day i said from quebec and uh, they said well, you don't have the accent so i i mean i am sure i do and I, but mostly the issue is i use words that they don't work we have different words right it's like british versus american yeah like you know you the boot and the uh lorry and all those things i was just thinking lorry actually i was just thinking lorry <laughs> yeah, um, exactly so you so. can when you're in quebec you can you can function quebecois french and then when you're in yep. france you just you flip so you really yep. speak at least three languages you speak english quebec french <laughs> And France French. 
That's right. Yes. And I can, and I change my accent because I have both in there, uh, in my brain and it adapts, but I think I have an accent in France, but there's so many accents in France. They don't, it's not strong enough to be a Quebec accent. So they can't quite place. It might have just from Normandy or something like that. Is that why the accent is from? That's like my Canadian accent in the U S now that I've been here 10 years, people can't quite place it. I'll say a word wrong every now and again. And they're right, like, where yeah. are you from? But because I've been living here long enough, I've massaged out the key indicators. Like I, I say about, I don't say about, um, you know, anyway. All right. Stéphane Duchesne. Did I say it right? I, you know, that was always my fear, but I don't think I've ever said. Très bien. Stéphane Duchesne. Très bien. Uh, thanks for being here. This was a lot of fun. Okay. Likewise. Call me again. I, I, I might just, I might just, uh, and I might see you in person and I love your microphone. That would be even better. We could, we could do a live show together. I'd love that. Uh, I'm I'm fine being naked. There's yeah. I I could if that's a part of it. Yeah. Well, it have it would have to be. Come on, let's make it something special. It's f- weird having a large erect penis for my body size and a very small flaccid penis because it's like there's two Davids. Like if you get me in a private moment when it really counts, when I'm being intimate, people are pleasantly surprised. It's not huge. We're talking six and a half. You know, if I angle the ruler right, seven. It, it 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 just doesn't matter, David. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, to you it doesn't matter. But like, you know, it's it's like when people get cosmetic surgery for themselves. It, like their husband doesn't care if their boobs are bigger. But I know, I know. But we have, but we, oh yeah, and, and and you know, I've I've had many, not many. I've had several girlfriends in my life, and uh, they they've had all sizes of breasts, and it was just as much fun with all of them. Yeah, yeah, I like I I agree with that. <laughs> Even though I'm an ass man, but like you know, so when I'm, but then there's a certain confidence from knowing that like okay, when I have an erection, it's like I'm I do okay. Like I'm not huge. I'm not a ten inch. You know, but th- so like I I can confidently be naked in public with my small penis and be like, you know, it's like it's like you got this. But I, I just have a lot of hangups about that. Is all you know. I know, and it's uh, it's see that's what men have caught up to women in terms of that. That's and I think women with a little bit of glee have really uh, jumped on the bandwagon and go, oh yeah, size matters. You know, if you really ask a woman, it doesn't matter no. that much. Uh, but they love to make the joke because it's a little bit of a payback for all of the boob jokes uh, that that they've been suffering all their lives. And I understand why they'd want to do that. And the way that men have controlled women's body images since, well, forever. But yeah, I was mentioning these penis injections to a female guest of mine, uh, a woman, and um, she was like, good. She's like, I'm glad those exist. I'm like, why? Do you think men should have bigger? She's like, no. I'm glad that you guys are doing shitty, awful, and feeling uh, procedures on yourself and feeling pressure to do those procedures because that means we're finally equal. Like, this is what equality means, that men have to do shitty things because they feel bad about themselves because of the culture. Yeah, we're all equally fucked up now. It's awesome. (laughs) All right, Stefan, thanks for doing the show. I appreciate your time. (laughs) 